start recording just so I've got a little bit of time. Um, So just a couple pointers, which I don't think you and I are going to have a problem with this at all, is just to make sure that it's super conversational. So um, there's not a ton of editing that happens, but like if something happens or a dog barks, you know, something like that, then just do a hard stop and I can go back and take it out. Um, If you knock over your microphone, I've done that a couple times. (laughs) So, um, but mainly just remember it's kind of going back and forth. And so, um, and then it's mainly to SBC women leaders, but that's all across, you know, like different fields and workplace and ministry and church and all of that. So um, we'll record for about 30 minutes and then, um, but if we go a little bit over that, then that's fine too. And so uh, I'll wrap it up at the end and just kind of do the final, like what's your last leadership nugget that you want to encourage everybody with. And then um, we'll probably hop it over to you to just say like, how are people able to connect with you? That kind of thing. So, okay. Very good. um, Let's see. I'm going to get out one more cough before we start. <coughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Any questions? You can't, you can't hardly do that anymore. And people are just like, Jeez. oh. Oh, I can't go anywhere because I'm nervous of people thinking like, oh my gosh, you have it. Like the looks that I've gotten. I'm like, listen, the doctor said it's going to be for like six weeks. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not fun. Okay. Uh, any questions right. you have on your end? I think I'm good. I think nope. I'm good. And it'll be fun and looking forward to it. Great questions. And very pertinent question. So. Okay. All right. Well, and I will leave it to you to get as raw and vulnerable as you want. I know it's, um, it's hard. So, uh, we're, we're good. So however you want to go, I'll just kind of feed back off of you. Okay. Very good. All right. Here we go. Okay. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. It's Jackie King, your host, and I'm so excited that you're joining us again for another episode of learning about the stories of how God is using women all across the globe in the SBC. Today, I get to have on like a real life ministry sister, shoulder to shoulder, we're in the trenches together. Um, I get to introduce you to Andrea Lennon. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hey, Jackie, thank you so much for having me. So this feels really awkward for us because we really are like real life friends, real life ministry partners. We're in the same city, like probably what, two, three miles apart. And we're in our own homes taking this quarantine thing serious. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like we really usually would like meet in person and talk and see each other. But here we are, you know, in our respective um, bedrooms or bathrooms and enjoying our, our very unique season and time of life. <laughs> oh, goodness. This has been such a weird week, which I know it's been for most of you, all of us, really, the entire globe, I think, is just really trying to wrap our heads around what this COVID-19 thing means for our lives. And so I am really excited to have Andrea on today because I think um, just out of anybody that I've seen lead through this and encouraging women and trying to lead from a state platform and those kind of things, like you're doing it so well. And then even just knowing what's going on these last couple weeks in your personal life. And just, I think it's going to be a really great episode just to talk about what does it look like to lead through crisis, not only a world pandemic, but then also when things hit personally. So I'm really excited to get into today's episode. But before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how do you serve? How are you connected to the SBC kids? All that good stuff. Tell us about you. Okay. Well, um, my name is Andrea and I'm married to my husband, Jay. We've been married for 23 plus years now. We have two boys. Jake is 19, almost 20, and he's a freshman in college. And then our youngest is Andrew and he is a sophomore in high school. Uh, we live here in Conway, Arkansas. I serve in two different roles uh, when it comes to SBC women. First, I am the women's ministry specialist at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. 
And so in that role, in that capacity, I just encourage, equip, um, you know, uh, train uh, leaders across our state to do women's ministry for the glory of God. I love that role. I'm so passionate about it. I'm so thankful for it. I also have a ministry called Trevine Ministry, which is a speaking and writing ministry where I travel uh, around our state uh, nationally and internationally, and I teach the Word of God. In fact, today I was supposed to be in Louisiana leading their statewide women's conference, but mm. as we know, um, things have changed, and so we're rolling with that. But um, I love the women of the SBC. Uh, I, I I just am so grateful for the opportunity we have to step into ministry, uh, to lead and to love and to serve others. Uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist Church. I was saved at an early age, at the age of six, at First Baptist Church in Paris, Arkansas, uh, which is a very small uh, church, and I, I love those small church roots. Uh, and for most of my life, I've been in the church and very involved, except for a short season of running from the Lord, um, which I'll get into in just a few minutes. But I love the women of the SBC, and I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to connect with them. Yes, you serve in so many different ways. I mean, you even help um, do some adjunct work at Washita Baptist in Williams here in our state. And then, of course, like you said, you lead um, not only the state and the women of Arkansas, but then also within our own church. We actually just wrapped up getting to teach a midweek series together on women in the Bible. So Andrea is definitely one of those that has just a lot of different hats and her fingers and hands are just constantly open to helping and leading women across the globe, honestly. Um, I mean, where did you just get back from like not too long ago, a month ago? Where were you serving? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can't disclose. That's all true. I was just thinking that as I was asking <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but I'm so grateful to be able to connect with um, Elms who serve through our different um, entities and organizations and to spread the gospel uh, here and there. And so when we're in a private conversation, I can tell people all about it. But on this kind of platform, I better be real That's careful. true. I know. I thought of that whenever I said it. It was really, really far away, y'all, especially yes. from Arkansas. Yes. <laughs> Several uh, plane trips away. So. on the other side of the world. Yes. Um, no, it is such... A fun thing to watch Andrea get to lead and minister and encourage people. I know that she's been a huge encouragement to me. And so let's kind of unpack your story real quickly, because I'm curious, just what did your call to ministry look like? Like, how did you get where you are? I mean, obviously, you're serving in a bunch of different capacities. So what did that call? What did that kind of early stage of stepping into leadership look like for you? Well, it looked like a lot of running, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) I was the girl who ran from the Lord and was just so determined to be in control of my own life. I thought that I had the plans and I thought I had um, the direction. And honestly, I really wanted God to bless it. It wasn't like I didn't want him to be a part of it. It's just that I wanted him to bless it and to make the way for me to do what I thought I needed to do or wanted to do. But let me just go back and talk a little bit about my childhood. Probably one of the most defining things in my life is my adoption. And you and I share a heart for adoption. I was placed up for adoption at birth. And I don't know a lot about my birth story. I know that four different families or four different adoption papers were, um, you know, done for me. But God in his sovereignty, providence and plan placed me in the right place at the right time with the right people for his right purposes. And I'm so thankful for that. And so that really feeds into my story of how I am where I am today, because God placed me in a home where, you know what, we went to church. But not only did we go to church, we were a family that was a family of faith. And my parents prayed with us, they taught us, they um, shepherded us. And and I was very connected from a very early age in our local church. And I loved going to church. Um, 
honestly, in my teenage years, I got a lot of my identity from being the church girl. And I say that with quotes, you know, I Mm -hmm. uh, led Bible studies. I was on a committee at a very early age. I took part as a teenager in women's ministry, Bible studies, the women of my church, they were so great to just say, come to the table and learn with us. And I think Jackie, what happened is that I really did get a lot of my satisfaction and purpose and affirmation from the approval of others in the context of my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is so dangerous as we both know. Um, And it really took me honestly hearing, sensing a call from the Lord to step into vocational ministry and me running from that call and really me getting to the very end of myself to realize that my relationship with Jesus, it's really not about my plans or my purposes or what I want to see happening and through my life, but it's rather about surrender. It's about the place of, of letting go and daily dying to myself and saying, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, whatever it is that you are longing and desiring to do in me and through me, may it be for your glory and not for my own. And so there's a lot of details that go into that process, but I will just say I ran from the Lord for you know about seven years and specifically from the ministry calling, but then God in his goodness and grace just faithfully pursued me continued to give me opportunities to turn from myself and to obey him. And I found myself at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary where I was working on a master's degree in Christian education. And that was really the turning point for me in my obedience as I saw that there was a place for me in ministry that God called, he equipped, he empowered, and he was going to send me out for his purposes. My first job um, was in a local church and I served as a minister of education for a couple of years. And that was prior to stepping out of local church work and into um, just um, establishing my ministry, which is uh, True Vine Ministry and just starting speaking and writing and traveling and, and really doing like radio and podcasts and those kinds of things. And so it's been a journey for sure. It's not been pretty. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but it's been real. And yeah. I think that that's so important. We have to realize it's not always pretty, but God is real and he's faithful. And even in our blunders and our mess ups and our missteps, he is faithfully leading us every step of the way. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. So good. And such a good reminder for us because, you know, I think many of the leaders that I've talked to, I know even in my own story and then just with others that I've shared with, that um, I think a lot of us are in that same boat of just that reluctant kind of accidental, like we're here by the grace of God, which is the best place to be if we're honest, right? Like Absolutely. it's not something that we have like tried to strive for. And even in the moments where we're trying to get all of the accomplishments and the accolades, like he graciously will remind us, ah, no girlfriend, this is about me and you just follow me and take the next step. And and so it's so encouraging, I think, to hear your story, to hear that God puts together just different seasons of our life. And even as you were talking about kind of running from it, but then also having to learn the lessons of this is your plan, this is your thing. Um, and then even now how that really plants to today, like the past couple weeks and how we're having to do ministry right now, like it brings us to another spot of like, okay, God, like we may have plans. We may have thought that this was going to go a certain way and, and things are shifting. So we actually ended up just having to cancel our Arkansas Women's State Conference, right? And so I want to kind of shift into talking a little bit about, I mean, that's a heavy decision, right? We've got almost a thousand women coming um, to a conference that we've planned for, you know, a whole year. You and your team have tried to put this thing together. So let's talk a little bit about how do you lead and even make decisions in those moments? Because I think, you know, in 
the moment, it just looks like all of these different details and kind of pressures coming at us. So what does it look like to really kind of make some of these harder decisions and still lead well um, from the positions that we have? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's so relevant for so many leaders right now. I think the first thing that we want to acknowledge and to say is that these are hard decisions to make. These Mm -hmm. are like, they're heavy. Um, It is unprecedented times. And so that calls for unprecedented decisions. We find ourselves in places where we never dreamed we would be. And not only did we never think we would be here, like even just a couple of weeks ago, it was just not even on the radar screen. And so it's just like there was really not a lot of prep time to, you know, come onto the scene with a lot of thoughts about how we would navigate such a time as this. And so I think we have to recognize it's hard times, it's hard decisions, and it's uh, a place that none of us have been before. And so we do want to be so gracious in just walking through this together. For me, at the beginning of this year, Jackie, God was so gracious to give me just a word or a passage of scripture that has been foundational in my leadership and in my personal life. Uh, And I I just continually go back to that passage of scripture. It was found in Isaiah 40 and Isaiah 41. And so the Lord just encouraged me to encourage myself as well as the team that in this process of planning Inspire Women's Conference, we needed to plan from a place of surrender. Uh, Mm -hmm. We did not need to plan from a place of we know for sure this is going to happen and we know for sure that this is going to be, you know, the path for it to happen, but to keep our hands open. And I said that a number of times. Let's plan Let's just prepare, let's pray big, let's expect big, but let's keep our our palm open and let's keep our face to the Lord. And so I think that's the first thing that we have to do is we have to realize that we have to stay surrendered to Jesus's plans and purposes. If we truly believe what we teach, if we truly believe what we say, which is, you know, God, he is, he is in the middle of all of this, you know, trouble Mm -hmm. doesn't surprise him. It doesn't overwhelm him. It doesn't negate his plans. Then it helps us to stay grounded and focused and calm in the midst of the storm. And so I think that that's another important point after we're surrendered, then we have to stay very steady. You know, we have to stay steady in the word. We have to stay steady in worship. We have to stay steady in prayer and all the spiritual disciplines that help us to connect with God so that we can lead others really well. And I think that we have to be flexible and creative. Uh, Before we made that decision to cancel Inspire Women's Conference, which again, we canceled uh, 36 hours before Mm. that event was scheduled to take place. And so Jackie, as you know, all of the work was already done. I mean, we, the t-shirts were there, the signs were on the wall, the PowerPoint was ready. Uh, the breakout sessions, the the speaker, the worship team, everybody was ready to go. There wasn't really any aspect of it that wasn't already in place. And yet God just challenged us to be flexible and to be creative with the plans that he would have for us. And so we started just making other plans. What can we do with the box lunches? What can we do with the resources? What can we do with the bags? What can we do with the t-shirts to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ during this unprecedented time So that other people know, number one, that God sees them, that he Mm -hmm. loves them, that he has a plan for their lives. And number two, we want to love them too. And so that's what we, we just shifted. We just shifted literally within about 30 minutes from we're having the event to, okay, we're not having the event, 
So what is God really doing? How can we be a part of his bigger plans and purposes? So as you know, our box lunches ended up going to medical personnel, uh, to um, emergency responders, to children in the area where we were having the event who lost school lunches. And the stories are still coming of how mm -hmm. God faithfully opened doors of ministry, uh, doors of hope, doors of just reassurance that God is in control. And so mm -hmm. for me, it was just a matter of being surrendered, being steady, being flexible, being creative, and then walking out the things that I've been teaching all of these years and, yeah. and just seeing God move. Yeah, I think that's so good. And really like going back to the beginning of what you were saying, you know, those spiritual disciplines. And I think this is something that's kind of revealing itself in this time for me, at least that if we're not studied on prayer and what we're actually learning and really, especially for a lot of us leaders, what we're teaching, if we don't actually believe that, then we are going to crumble and be just as chaotic as everyone else. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I love that you're kind of pointing out to that. It is so important for us, especially as leaders, that we are finding our worth, finding our drive, finding our approval in God first and not the things that we do. Um, and I think one of the things that God is constantly checking me with over these last couple of weeks is, okay, now you're not able to do. So where does that mm -hmm. leave you? You know, like, yeah. and so there's so much goodness, I think, in just reminding us that you have got to be studied and like self-aware enough to, are you good spiritually? You know, are you really feeding on the word of God? Are you getting your truth from the word of God? Because then whenever these moments come, when it's not planned, you know, like nobody yeah. knew that things were going to start shutting down and the president is making, you know, like groups of numbers that we're able to meet in. And so when those times come, we have to be able to weather it well because we're rooted in him. And so, and another thing that I think you said is to be flexible, you know, and especially as leaders, so many times we can kind of come in with a plan and say, this is how we're going to do it. No, we're going to like strong arm it, make it happen. And so I love just your example in, okay, how do we get creative? How is God going to move, you know, and being listening, like listening, you know, being willing to use the resources that he has given in order to minister. And so I love just a lot of that creativity that, open-handedness that you're talking about that we were able just to kind of hear in your story. And so I know there's so many women, um, I just got off of a Zoom call, you know, of like so many women right now who are having to make that tough call that are having to go ahead and cancel the event or completely rework their calendar year. So how would you encourage the leaders that are listening today to really kind of like move forward, because I think honestly, what I'm hearing, and even in, you know, quiet moments in these last couple of weeks, I'm just kind of like, what do I do? You know, like this looks totally different. So I had a whole year planned out and now it's not happening, you know? So what are some steps? What are some things that they can practically do to kind of move forward? I think our perspective is so important in the process. Like for me, I am a doer. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I do the things I enjoy doing the things, you know, and I'm not, ashamed of that. That's part of how God made me, you know? And, and so for me, what I am doing is I'm really checking my perspective. Uh, I really believe that God is giving us not only as leaders, not only here in the SBC, but really across the board, he's given us an opportunity to refocus, to reset, to realign 
and then to step out, I think, with new visions and dreams and plans that he's given to us in a world that is going to be very hungry for the word, very hungry for the gospel, very hungry for hope, and also very hungry to come together. And so we have to really check our perspective. It's not that we're losing something, we're gaining something. Hmm. Uh, And what we're gaining is an opportunity to just connect with Jesus, to get our spiritual tank filled to the brim, which is so such a gift from the Lord. And then we're literally going to be on the edge of our seat to see where he moves, what he does, how he positions us, and how we get to step into his plans and purposes. I do think, Jackie, it was so poignant at the beginning that you pointed out that for the longest time, I just wanted God to bless my plans. And I think that's why I'm so sensitive to this. What if we just said, Lord, we want to be a part of your plans? You know, we don't want just to do the things just for the sake of doing the things, but we really want to take this opportunity as a gift from you. He is, he is so good to bring good out of the hard and Mm -hmm. to bring beauty out of the ashes and to say, we get, we get time to just focus and we just get to realign and we just get to reset so that we're stepping out in faith. So I think for me, the first thing that I've really had to do is to really be careful and to check my perspective on it and to have a God-sized perspective, to have a God vision for this time. And then the next thing I think that we have to do is we have to learn how to measure success based upon his definition, not our definition. Uh, Because sometimes what we do is we count the number of people or we count the number of events or we count the number of fill in the blank. But what if in this moment we started just counting the number of times that we hear from God, we respond in obedience and we see spiritual fruit come out of it. And so Mm -hmm. I think, again, that goes to perspective, but it also goes to actions. So a lot of the things that we're going to be doing now, they're not going to be seen. They're not going to be known. They're not going to necessarily be applauded, but, but we have this chance to say, Lord, it really is for your glory. It really Mm -hmm. is for the good of others, whether, you know, people see it or not, whether they know it or not. Jackie, I'm reminded of our Bible study that we taught just this past, what, eight weeks together Mm -hmm. uh, and how God was just preparing me personally. And I trust everyone else to know what it means to live for the glory of God. Uh, to know what it means to look at women who leveraged their lives for the gospel, Uh, women who made mistakes, women who had ups and downs that we see recorded in scripture, but yet they were a part of the much bigger story of God, his unfolding story of redemption. And so I think just from a practical standpoint is that we we go, okay, we're going to have the right perspective. Okay, we're going to measure success in the right way. And then when we have those opportunities, We're going to step out there and we're going to, you know, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah, so good. And it makes me think, you know, there's been so many and and good, good motives in this, you know, and wanting revival, you know, that had kind of been a a word that was being thrown around a lot, you know, and how we were really wanting revival just with different denominational leaders, you know, and those kind of things. And I don't know that we would have put this (laughs) pandemic on, um, you know, the plans of a revival, but that very well could be what is happening, you know, and the church is having to grow some different muscles and, and reach out in different ways and be creative. And so I think our biggest thing is, do we trust him for revival? And do we trust him for it to look different than what we had originally planned? And so um, it's just, it's so good. And I love how you're bringing out the idea of just our perspective, and then even our willingness to follow, even if we don't know what it 
it looks like. And so um, just really good, good reminders for us. Um, I want to kind of shift a little bit and just because, you know, we're friends and I know you and just what the last couple months have looked like. You know, we've been talking about just our world kind of being shaken and just walking through hard things. But even as leaders, we have to walk through really hard seasons as well. And I think, you know, bluntly, you have walked through that these last couple of weeks by losing one of your dearest friends to cancer. And so I want to kind of shift a little bit um, and probably like a little bit more raw and vulnerable and just asking some of these harder questions to where when you're in leadership and you've got, you know, sometimes what it feels like the weight on your shoulders and having to do all of the things, but then at the same time, walking through deep grief and deep hurt and loss how do you handle that? Like, how do you um, really hold still getting the things done and leading well, but then at the same time, you know, really needing to kind of step back and cry a bit and grieve and wrestle with the Lord? So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the last couple of weeks have looked like for you and how you would encourage leaders in that season? Yeah. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share about Holly and about her journey and about the incredible faith um, that she demonstrated in her four years of battling colon cancer. I was with her every step of the way, literally on the front lines with her from the day of the diagnosis till the day she went home to be with Jesus. And um, it's a hard battle. As you know, Jackie, it is, mm-hmm. it is a hard battle. It is full of ups and downs and her, her battle had more downs than ups. It was, it was hard the entire time. And, you know, we, we knew that she was going to go home to be with the Lord soon. And I knew that Inspire was coming up. I also knew that my travel schedule was coming up. And so again, I just went to that place of refuge with the Lord. And and I said, Lord, you know, all things and you know where I need to be, you know, where she needs to be, you know, how all this needs to come together. So Lord, um, I'm trusting you. And that was the first step. You know, I just I just trusted the Lord with all of the details of it. And then I asked him just, Lord, help me to love them and to serve them, not only Holly, but her family, as well as, you know, continuing to love and serve the women of Arkansas, as well as my family, as well as my ministry. It was heavy. It was a Mm -hmm. lot of different things. And then in the middle of all that, I was realizing and processing that I was, I was going to lose one of my very best friends, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it was a lot of tears. It was a lot of moments of Lord, why just to be really honest with, with our listeners, just why Lord, why now, why her and, and why this, and why does it have to be this way? And, and God just graciously, I think ministered to all of us that his ways are higher than ours and that our home is not this world, but it is in glory, healed around the throne where there's no more tears or pain or trials or tribulation, and that we are going there. I mean, we, mm. we look forward with hope uh, to that moment when we are with Jesus and when we're healed and when we're home and when we're, we're with our loved ones again. And so, you know, it was one of those things, Jackie, where I was not only processing theological truths, but I was having to live them out in real time. And what I think is so beautiful about that is that they become real and they become like rooted in our life. And so I look back and I just wouldn't change any of it. You know, God was just, he was so good. He was so good. And as we were approaching Inspire, and you know all the details that go into hosting an event for a thousand women, um, and Holly was placed on hospice, I just surrounded myself with good people, with strong mm-hmm. leaders. And God had already put that in place. Our Inspire leadership team, uh, I have a couple of Inspire coordinators that are amazing. Uh, the ministry assistants at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, 
I just went to them in honesty and I just said, I am at a place of weakness. I'm at a place of grief. I'm at a place where I'm overwhelmed and I'm not going to be able to do the things that I normally do. Will you help me? And of course, oh my goodness, the response. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful. It was the body of Christ. You know, I have to just mention um, Sherry Edwards and Shelly Chandler and Judy Shaddix and Hillary Lofton and all the other inspired team members and the breakout session leaders. Jackie, you were one of those, our keynote speaker, uh, our worship team, everybody, they, they were they were there for me. And and not only that, they were there for the glory of God. They were there for the kingdom impact that needed to happen, whether I was on my A game or not. And so for an entire week, um, I was able to step away and to minister to Holly and to minister to her family. And this is the beautiful thing. Not one detail was not you know, taken care of. Mm -hmm. It was because of that strong team that God had just surrounded me with I was able to be where I needed to be doing what I needed to be doing and not one thing fell to the, to the ground. And so yeah. I'm just rejoicing in that. I rejoice in the fact that in our, our weakness, God is strong, that he is mighty to save. I rejoice in the fact that he places the people around us, um, you know, for his glory, for our good, for the furtherance of his kingdom. Everything comes back to the gospel message for me. Everything mm -hmm. comes back to that. Whatever it takes, Lord, for your name and your renown to go forth, Lord, may it be. And sometimes that hurts. Sometimes yeah. that comes with, it's, I don't want to use the word a cost. Like it, I, I just, it comes with, with pain. It comes with some suffering and it comes with just um, struggle. And that was a season that had a lot of pain. It had a lot of struggle it has a lot of suffering. Even to this day, it's just been three weeks. And, you know, just yesterday I went for a walk and I just cried. I miss my friend. I mean, mm -hmm. in an uncertain time, you know who you want to talk to, your close friend. And so, but then I rejoiced because I thought she's not struggling with this. She's not struggling with pain. She's not struggling with, you know, the what ifs of life. And so we find our rest in the Lord. And that's, mm -hmm. that's literally what we've done. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things are standing out. The first thing I think that you are so beautifully displaying um, and very sweetly is that, and hear me and like, especially everybody that's listening, like, I think as leaders, we have to have moments to where we are willing to step back and say, I can't do this right now. Yeah. Um, because I think we can kind of get into a rhythm or a mindset or mentality or it's placed on us, but more than likely, it's probably internal to where we think, you know what, I just need to pull up my bootstraps and put on the face and keep going. And most of the time, at least in my life, whenever I have done that, I lead horribly because I'm not leading from a place of surrender or transparency transparency, you know, like I'm trying to do something in my own power, in my own will, you know? And so I love your example and just being able to step back and say, I can't do this right now and I need your help. And so I think Pete Scazzaro has a quote to where he says, good leaders are good grievers. And um, just the idea that we can't live in the clouds, you know, we can't as leaders just act like everything's just going to move on. We'll be fine. You know, like there is the reality of hard and broken and grief and just tension, you know, all of those things that I think we hold because we're living in a broken planet and broken churches and broken, you know, families, all of those things. And so I love how you're encouraging us to really like acknowledge that really. I mean, yeah. even just being okay with not being okay, even as the leader. I don't know. What do you think? Yes, agree. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. 
you know, what I had to do is I had to narrow my focus on just the essentials. Mm -hmm. I just had the energy. I just had the, the focus, honestly, and the bandwidth for just the essentials during that two week process leading up to Holly's passing and then uh, the week of her funeral. And so the, you know, inspired team, the uh, coordinators, they, they knew what was essential whenever they would need to call me or text me or, you know, you know, get a hold of me. And then I would be able to focus in that moment to make that one or two decisions, but everything else I let go, everything mm -hmm. else I just entrusted to other people because God had called them. He had equipped them. He had prepared them for such a time as this. And I think that's something that I say lovingly to all of us as leaders is, you know, it's not about us, you know, mm, it's, it's yeah. really not, yeah. it's about the kingdom. It's about the Lord. It's about the furtherance of his name and his renown. And, you know, for the other leaders to step up and to step into those places, it brought such joy to me mm. um, because I was able to watch our group me, which we, as an inspired leadership team, we connect almost every day, even whenever we're not busy, we love each other. We just pray together. We connect with each other regularly. And so at the end of the day, for me to go back and to look through that group me and to see how people had stepped in and, and made decisions and, and took on leadership and, you know, literally did whatever was necessary to move the ball forward. It brought joy to my heart because I was able to see the body of Christ at work in that yeah. moment. And then it gave me that permission in a sense to just be right where I needed to be. And so I'll never forget. And this is raw. I mean, this is the real reality of the situation. Uh, it was because of those strong leaders doing what they needed to do and what they were willing to do that I was able to literally climb into bed with my friend uh, and to spend five hours planning her funeral, mm -hmm. uh, going over every single detail from the songs that she wanted to be proclaimed uh, to the message, to the speakers, to the flowers, to every single detail. We had the opportunity to do that together in my not my last time I saw her, but my last very special memory is we were, you know, in, in her bed and I was laying next to her and we ordered pasta grill because, you know, carbs are needed during yeah. difficult times yeah. <laughs> and she would take a bite of pasta and then she would feed me a bite. And I'll never forget that for, for all of my life, that precious memory will be etched in my heart and in my mind. And what made that happen from a leadership standpoint is that I had people around me that I could let go and I could trust them and I could focus on being right where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was a real beautiful thing for me to not only realize, but to experience God's ways. They are higher than ours. He is so intimately involved in the details of our life. And as we follow him and as we let go of control, we see a beautiful picture that he literally orchestrates all for his glory and for our good. Yeah. And I can say even just knowing you and knowing the conversations that we've had, even just seeing your team be able to step up. I mean, that is the... Uh, the mark of their leader. And so the ability for them and how you delegated and how you have led them throughout the years to where in this moment, I think it had to have just been such a God moment, you know, to see these women that you've championed, that you've helped develop, that you've helped cheer on, and then now they're getting to kind of run with it. And so I love just the beauty of that team picture and the lifting weary hands, you know, as you think of Moses in the yeah. Old Testament. And so um, that is leadership 
leadership. Like that's ultimately, I think, and I hope what we're all striving for, you know, that we're, we're bringing other people along and that in moments to where it's hard and when we're tired and when we're weary, we're able to step back and see, you know, the Joshua step in or whoever it is. I mean, that's, that's our goal. And I love how you're reminding us, like, it's not about us. And so, um, just so many great, great things that I think you're sharing with us. And of course we are running out of time, which we joked at the beginning that we, (laughs) we would, because we, we could talk for hours, but I want to kind of leave it, um, in your court here at the end and just, We've got women from all across the planet, you know, and they're serving in different ways. Many of them are probably maybe even having a lump in their throat right now because they have just lost a family member or a close friend, or they're really feeling the anxiety and the pressure of just all of the change and all of the loss that is happening in our world right now. And so I want to kind of throw it at you and just kind of give you the last final words of how would you encourage our women leaders in the SBC right now? I mean, there's so much going on. What would you have to say to them? Yeah, and, and I thought about this question uh, for several minutes, prayed over it, because I think these, these, these are the moments where we need to be asking questions like this. Mm, and so yeah. for me, uh, my encouragement is get a word from the word and lead out in faith and obedience. I think this is a time for spiritual leadership uh, more than anything else. Yes, we want to have creativity. We wanna have flexibility. Uh, we, we want all of those things, but driven by spiritual leadership, driven mm-hmm. by uh, hearts that are connected to God first and foremost to get a word for our everyday lives. And then we lead and we minister out of the overflow of that. I think much fruit comes as we obviously daily connect with our vine. Yeah, that's so good. And a good reminder for us that we've got to not waste where we're at right now, you know, and before we start the planning and figuring out how to online, you know, Bible study and Zoom and all of those words that are kind of going around, I really want to encourage you, just like Andrea is saying, is to get with your Bible and get still and breathe him in and be with him because that is the leader that the world needs right now is somebody that has met with Jesus. So I love that final encouragement. And even just, we're asking you the question, like, what are y'all doing? How are you meeting with Jesus? How are you breaking the rhythms that of, of just all the chaos and the news cycle that's happening right now? And so maybe you can throw that into the Facebook group and, and let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you. But Andrea, man, thank you so much, friend. I'm so thankful to have you on this show and to just share a little bit of your story and so much of your wisdom with the women of the SBC. Thank you, Jackie. I so appreciate it. And um, just champion you, celebrate what God's doing in and through your life and your ministry. And we're just going to keep on keeping on for the glory of God. Yes, absolutely. Well, I will make sure to put in the show notes connections to Andrea, both on social media and her True Vine ministry. I know you'll want to check that out. She has a ton of free resources, um, some eBooks on her website and Bible studies that you'll definitely want to look into. But Ladies, we love you and we are cheering you on, whether you're in a season of loss and and grief or you're feeling like you're conquering this thing and you're going out and just seeing God move. Like wherever you are, we want you to know that you are not alone, that you are cheered on and that you are prayed for. And so thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of At the Table. And we hope that you will join us again next week. Y'all have a great day.